Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. You're here with me, Samrin, today, and we are going to look forward to Bayern's game against Borussia Dortmund. But <clears throat> first things first, I do want to put in a disclaimer here that this is being recorded before the Dortmund-Sevilla game and after the Bayern-Pulsen game. So, yeah, Dortmund has one more game to play before they play Bayern. So... Let's start with Bayern and Pulsen. If you have heard our post-game podcast, you already know some of our thoughts on the game. If you have read the post-game um, pieces, the observations, as well as uh, the match awards, then you have a pretty good idea of where we stand. But what really stood out for me for this game was the fluency. The fluency that was there in the first 30 minutes that I haven't really seen since the beginning of the season. And, you know, when Nagelsmann gets things right, he gets things right. Now, listen, I understand this was Victoria Pulsen. This was not, I don't know, Manchester City or PSG or somewhere along the lines. But Bayern has had a tough time breaking down low defensive blocks. While Pulsen really didn't seem to have a game plan, especially because Sani scored so early that the game plan went out the window, much like Leverkusen's problem on Friday, I really have to give Bayern so much credit for a performance that was just full of joy, full of interlinking play, just full of short, crisp passes, and I I advocated last time, if you've heard the previous preview, that... Ryan Gravenberg should get a start. He did get a start today. I liked his partnership with Leon Goretzka. It looked to me like Goretzka had more license to move forward. And Goretzka seemed to be the further forward of the two at times. But overall, it did it did work for me. You know, I liked... What I saw from him, he gave Goretzka the freedom to move forward. Of course, Pulsen offered so little, so little when attacking. But it was just, it was good to watch. The back four didn't have that much to do. Some of There was so much rotation that players got taken off at halftime. Uh, Chupo Moting even got to come on and get a goal, which was nice to see. Mazrawi came in from the start. So good job on Nagelsmann with the rotations. Leroy Sané was excellent i'm usually one of the first people to give sane stick for the slightest of misplaced passes but what i keep noticing with him is that confidence seems to breed confidence a lot of the chances that sane is taking now fell to him last season and he missed them and he missed them badly and even earlier on in the season you could see some of those things happening but it's as if he scored once, he scored twice, and then as the goals came, as the goals kept coming, he seemed to want more of them, and he became more sure of himself. And it was, it was beautiful to watch. And let's hope we see more of this. The game coming up next, Der Klassiker, is regarded as the biggest game in German football outside of the Bundesliga by other watchers of the Bundesliga. I mean, it, it is considered a big clash in the Bundesliga too, but for me. For me, so many other ties could also rival this this one. I mean, Dortmund-Schalke is a big game. Bayern-Gladbach is a huge game. So, 
Yes, it is one of the biggest games in Germany, but the rivalry has been sort of kind of one-sided over the years since Jurgen Klopp left, so there's not much to be said there. But let's take a look at what's happened with Dortmund's season. So the the way that they started their seasons felt off to me. They fired Marco Rosa. Listen, I'm no fan of Marco Rosa, and I will never defend Marco Rosa for the way that he left Gladbach, especially. And one of the best moments for me this season was when Gladbach beat his Leipzig side, Leipzig side, basically thrashed them left, right, and center in the Bundesliga. That being said, Marco Rosa's firing seemed kind of odd to me because he really was dealt a bad hand in terms of injuries last season. Haaland was not available for every single match, and sometimes... To be frank, they looked better without Haaland. But it wasn't an easy season for him to settle into. So, okay, came back Eden Terzic. Okay. And then they basically lost Sebastian Halle, one of their star signings, to um, pretty much for the entire season. I don't think there's a date on his comeback. And uh, as you guys know, he has testicular cancer. He is recovering from it. So that left a big hole up front. They tried Yusuf Mukoku there. They didn't quite like him there from what I understand. And so they went out and they decided to loan Anthony Modeste from Cologne. That hasn't quite worked out. And Mukoku is now seemingly working out up top. So speaking of dysfunction, there's some. Dortmund's results have been strange this season. They have the same number of points as Bayern. The way they lost to Werder Bremen was nothing short of embarrassing. 2-0 up with basically no, no time left on the clock and to concede three goals, I think, in a span of, what was it, six to eight minutes. It happened so fast. So that was their first loss of the season. But there's been others that have been head scratchers. So they lost to Köln. Again, they were in the lead, but this time 1-0. And to me, Köln seemed a better side in the second half in that game. And uh, Dortmund should have beaten Köln, but anyway, they went down 3-2 in that match. In their defeat against Manchester City in the Champions League, 2-1, with better game management and with better tactics, Dortmund probably should have held out and won that one. And it's weird saying that about a team like Manchester City, but Dortmund did have them. So that one sucked, but that one is more understandable, maybe. And other than that, the, everything has gone according to plan, although the performances haven't. They beat Schalke 1-0. Schalke were disciplined in that match. They beat Hoffenheim 1-0. That was more impressive because Hoffenheim can really tear you apart on the right day. They beat Hertha Berlin 1-0. Less impressive. They beat Leverkusen 1-0 to open up the season where Leverkusen should have probably gotten a point from that game. Most impressively, they beat Freiburg 3-1. That was, again, a really freakish game where, again, Freiburg should have won that one, but Dortmund managed to um, basically get away with it due to, some, due to a freak equalizer that led to more goals. So, they do have an injury list. So, Terzic has that going for him in terms of some of the performances. Giorena was taken away for international duty and uh, injured himself in the process, which really sucks. Mats Hummel seems to be out with the cold. Uh, Mark Royce is out. That's the big one. Sebastian Halle, as I mentioned, is out. Mahmoud Dahoud, I think, is out. And uh, I think Jamie Bynagins is out as well. I'm not 100% sure on that. So, 
they have a raft of injuries to deal with. They did. They they have gotten some of their attackers back, and that will. I don't know how much that will really help their cause, but because I really think the main problem is with Mats Hummels' injury. Apparently, Mats Hummels and our old guy, Nikola Zule, were creating a pretty cool partnership, and now Hummels is out. Schlotterbeck has been sometimes an accident waiting to happen. It's like he plays 89 minutes of excellent football and the 90th minute he gives away a penalty. This has been Schlotterbeck's season so far and has been card-filled and it's been foul-filled and he, he seemed to have settled in so well and then just these like random last-minute decisions by him have really come back to bite his team. So from what I can see, it will be Zule Schlotterbeck in the center of defense for them during the weekend. And uh, Karim Adeyemi being back means he should play quite where we don't know. I think Daniel Malin is available. And if he is, he will play. There's no other choice but to pay, play Brandt. If Mukuku is available, I think he should start over Modest. He's, I think Bayern can deal more easily with Modest than they can do with the movement of Mukuku. Um, on either side... In the center of, on either side of Schlotterbeck and Zule, at the back should be Rafael Guerrero and Thomas Mounier. And uh, Jude Bellingham, of course, will anchor the midfield next to most likely Sally Ostrand. So um, the keeper continues to be out, which means that Meyer will probably end up starting in goal. They do have Torgan Hazard as an option, but I don't. I haven't seen anything from Torgan Hazard so far to say that he should definitely start. Emre Chan is probably going to remain on the bench. So that's how I see Dortmund lining up. As for Bayern, Kimmich I think will still be out, as will Muller. So the only changes that I can foresee from today's starting lineup against Victoria Pulsen would be that Mazrawi goes out. And Pava comes back in. And this is not because Mazrawi was poor or anything. I just think Nagelsmann will go and trust a slightly older player in a big game like this. So I expect Nori to be in goal. I see Pava, uh, Upamecano, and probably Hernandez and Davies making up the back four. I see... Oh, this is tough. Probably Goretzka Sabitzer. I would like to see Goretzka Gravenberg again, but that's undermining how good Sabitzer has been this season. I think Zane Muziala Mane maintains the Zane Muziala Mane and Gennabri, of course, will remain the front four. They looked really good today in combination, and I don't see why that should change. You know, like why change a good thing? Gnabry looked good today, which was appreciable because of the kind of season that Gnabry has had so far. He hasn't exactly set the world on fire, and there has been enough criticism of him to raise a few eyebrows. But, yeah, that's what I expect. I don't think Hernandez is available. And, yeah, so I wouldn't expect Hernandez 
to be there, it would be, oh, I totally forgot. Hernandez is injured. Right. Yeah. Uh, it would be probably Upamecano and Delict again in the heart of defense. So, yeah. We're not exactly light on injuries. Just our subs bench against Posen had six players. So, it is that time of the season when Bayern Munich becomes very limited on players and who to bring off the bench. So, yeah pretty much identical to today's starting lineup then with Mazrawi going out and Pavak coming back in. And probably Sabitzer coming in for Gravenberg. Although I'd love to see Gravenberg again. So, um... I don't really know how to make... what what to make of this game because first of all, they're, okay, so let's start with the table. They're both tied on the same number of points. So, a win helps one and brings down the other, which is great. On the other hand, I think if Dortmund has a bad day against Sevilla, this match will become so much more important for them. And yes, this match is hugely important for Bayern and Nagelsmann. With Bayern, it's been such a Jekyll and Hyde season. Like, it really comes down to how Terzic want, will want to play this. Will his Dortmund sit back and defend like they did against Manchester City? That could cause Bayern problems? Or will they come out and attack? We should play sort of right into Bayern's hands because give Bayern space, give Bayern time to run, and they can overrun you. Put up a five man, ten man defense and uh, put ten men behind the ball, and Bayern will have a tough time against you. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this one. Now, we were just talking about this game, BFW, some of BFW staffers, and um, I need no name was asking when will BVB ever make progress and that's a very valid point he added that their last good season was when Tuchel was in charge which is almost seven years ago and it seems like they take one step forward and two steps back in other leagues teams much smaller than BVB have taken it to the big boys why not here that's true every time that I see Lil win the title well, Lille, there we go, win the title in France. I always raise an eyebrow and wonder, how did they do it past PSG? Was PSG just bored? And Lille's done it twice in these PSG reigning supreme years. So, yeah, other teams do do it. Leicester won the title in the Premier League, although that seems a while back. And, of course, in the Premier League, there's the added component of money. But it's not like Dortmund doesn't make expensive transfers it's not like Dortmund doesn't make good transfers they had Haaland a guy who's tearing up the Premier League right now who has what is it three hat-tricks in eight games or something along the lines and they couldn't really push for a serious challenge with him there were other injuries but outscoring your opponents is also one way of winning I think it has a lot to do with the dysfunction in the background you need to give a coach time. And Marco Rose's firing was questionable for me because here you got a squad that was made for Marco Rosa. Marco Rosa was building this squad with an eye to a title challenge this season. As far as I can recall, the Zule, Ariemi, they were all his transfers, all his visions. And now, and Schlotterbeck as well, and now they're playing under a coach who who didn't build this squad and who has to adjust to this squad and he's basically a newbie Terzic in terms of in terms of high level coaching remains a newbie despite winning the David Pokal with Dortmund a couple seasons back and 
I think that dysfunction more than anything, the background dysfunction in the boardroom, the higher ups, whatever, that's been Dortmund's bigger problem than has been what goes on on the pitch. You need a coach. So the thing about Jurgen Klopp was they stuck with him. He had a vision and they bought into that vision. They haven't stuck to anybody long enough to buy into their vision. I, I understand with Tuchel, he doesn't adjust easily. But, and, uh, you know, no, none of his tenures anywhere have been particularly long. So there's that. But I would have loved to see what Marco Rosa could have done with the second season in charge. Terzic may be, you know, may bleed black and yellow. And he may still prove me wrong and go on to show that he's a pretty competent manager this season. But he he's not the guy who the squad was built for. And just, just for a second, let's look at Eintracht Frankfurt. Frankfurt went ahead and won the Europa League last season. Dortmund lost out to Rangers in the Europa League last season. So, whenever you're in the Europa League, take advantage of it. Go out and win a European competition, etc., etc. It sometimes feels to me that they're a big team with the mentality of a much smaller side. They're not Bochum fighting against relegation. They're Borussia Dortmund. And they should, you know, take a stand. I think even on some of the transfers, I don't think they could have stopped Holland from leaving or Aubameyang from leaving and whatnot and I really do think they got some really great prices for some of these guys but you don't always have to let your players go or make it easy you can take a stand like Leipzig does I think they're about to lose on Kunku but Leipzig could have lost far more players down the years but they have taken a stand here and there and even when they knew that they were bound to lose Nagelsmann they made sure that he would be the most expensive coach in the world so I don't think in recent years Dortmund has played enough uh, enough Dortmund has played the game to the level the transfer market game to the level that they can I mean they lost Holland for pennies literally they should have stuck a 120 million price tag on him or something along the lines so I think that's background dysfunction not really making very good decisions in the transfer market making some rash, harried decisions. They let Akanji go, and Akanji seems to be doing well in Man City, which I'm kind of sort of surprised by. But Dortmund needed a fullback. They, or uh, in the very least, they could have gotten a left back or a right back because both those positions are kind of not solidified. They could have gone for a round. To fill in one of those positions, they concentrate on center back, which is good. They could have gone for I don't know, another solid defensive midfielder to complement Jude Bellingham. So there's parts of that squad that's really strong, and there's part parts of that squad that's a real head scratcher to me. And yes, injuries are to blame, but so is mismanagement. And I think. Uh, I might be very wrong on this, but I think 
Bayern's dominance in the Bundesliga will not be broken by Borussia Dortmund. It will be broken by a very different club. It could be Union Berlin. It could be Freiburg, who always seem to live on the edge but are just squeezing in wins. It could be Borussia Mönchengladbach. Now, that would make me less sad if Bayern loses the title out to Gladbach. It could be Frankfurt, who seem to have the ambition. They lost Kostic. They gathered themselves together, and they seem to be in a pretty good place now. So... It, I don't think it will be Dortmund. And in that season, maybe they'll finish third. They're top four side. They're, the moves that they make don't always make them seem like a serious title contender. It's, and let's focus on Bayern, then being a title contender in your own right and just going like, you know what, we are going to, we're going to win the title because we can win the title. We should win the title. Forget about Bayern. We're going to... We're going to make sure we beat everybody else. Because Dortmund does not lose the title by losing to Bayern. They lose the title when they lose to Werder Bremen. They lose the title when they lose to Kohn. These are the teams you have to beat to win the title. You only see Bayern twice. You have to win either of those games. Bayern will drop points. Bayern has dropped points. Like Bayern hasn't had a near-perfect season um, for a while except under Flick. Other than that, the perfect seasons, the nearly perfect season came under Guardiola. And of course, that season I mentioned, uh, Flick's first kind of like seven months in charge. So get at everybody else. But it's not Bayern. Bayern is not the reason why Dortmund is not winning the title right now. So... On that note, I think we've spoken enough about this. So thank you. This has been me, Samrin, talking about the Bayern Dortmund game for next weekend. As always, be sure to stay tuned to Bavarian Podcast Works for all of your up-to-date coverage on Bayern Munich and Germany. Follow us on Twitter at BavarianFBWorks, at The Barrel Blog, at TommyAdam71, at BFWN, and more. Thank you for listening, and have a great night.